Welcome to All Things Candid, hosted by me, Bajani Ghosh. Here I have honest conversations with fellow creatives to get an insight of their eventful journey and shed light on the media scene. Through this podcast, I will try my best to help you navigate a career in the creative industry, which at times can be quite daunting. we have Javraj Singh, one half of the Kolkata-based indie pop duo Parikh and Singh. Javraj is often seen playing the drums and producing music. The duo is popularly known for their whimsical music videos. He shares his experiences of growing up in a family of musicians, the first time he played on stage, the various elements that inspire him to get into music, behind the scenes of producing a music video and much more. We talk about how Parikh and Singh came about, the inspiration behind their work and the creative process of their latest music video, Down at the Sky. We discuss the pros and cons of working independently and being signed by a label. Later, I get into a deeper conversation with him where we talk about challenges he has faced and how he usually deals with ups and downs. In the All Things Candid Hack 101 special segment, we talk about how one can achieve financial security in the music business. Have fun listening to this episode. Hello. Hi. How are you? How's it going for you? I'm good. Things are fine. I've been working mostly. How's it going with you? Um. Yeah, same actually. Even like uh, work's been keeping me busy. Been working on the podcast mm. and had a few pending projects. So finished that finally. Created a couple of content for a couple of brands. And yeah, that's been keeping me busy. Plus, like, I'm looking forward to the next couple of months this year has. Cool. So, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for doing this and being a part of this podcast. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. And yeah, let's get started. Tell me, what did you study and how did that lead you to where you are today? Well, I studied mass communication and videography in college. Um, that's what the course was called. Basically, I chose that course because it had film studies in it. Correct. And film is something I wanted to study because I was already watching a lot of films and interested in the filmmaking process as well. And just like thinking about cinema all the time. So that's pretty much the main reason why I picked that particular course for college. And also a secondary reason is I wanted free time to practice music because I just started playing music. Um, So that course was just a good balance of things. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to practice music. And I also knew that I enjoyed cinema. Uh, But beyond that, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So this course was just the easiest way for me to navigate at that point, straight out of school. But I think what happened is during college, I just practiced a lot of music and studied a lot and listened to a lot of music and just immersed myself in the world of music. It had nothing to do with what I was doing in college. But I think that's basically how those three years of my life contributed to the rest of my professional career, let's say. It's just that I spent like six to eight hours a day, every day, just immersed in the world of music, either either listening to it or working on it, studying it, practicing, rehearsing, whatever. So when did Park and Sing come about? Well, Park and Sing started, um, I think, four years or three years after I finished college. And how did you meet Nishche? That happened just through random chance. We just bumped into each other somewhere um, and we made a connection right away. So we became friends first and then Nishchai went to America to study music for a couple of years. And then when he came back 
in, I think, maybe late 2011. That's when we actually started working together with a little more focus and seriousness. But before that, we were just hanging out and occasionally playing music, occasionally playing a very random gig. It, was, it had no direction or any strong sense of motivation or clarity. It's, I think it's only after he took time off and I also took time off. And then when we rejoined after a couple of years, there was like a fresh foundation to build on. So that was probably late 2011. And we've been working since then. Okay, that's been quite long, almost nine years. Yeah. But I know that, you know, you have been always surrounded by music. You have grown up in a family of musicians and I'm sure exposed to a lot of instruments. So what made you choose drums? Uh, drums has a very different function in music to pretty much all the other instruments because it, I kind of think that with all the other instruments, you can make music on your own, like guitar. You can just play music on your own with a guitar. Obviously, if you sing, you make music on your own. But basically, all the other instruments other than percussion instruments make music by themselves. Whereas percussion, I feel, is more there to give structure yeah. and shape and additional texture to the music. It almost controls the music in a way. But if you take it away, you still have music. Correct, yeah. So I don't know, for some reason, that, that appealed to me more. Like almost like it, uh, it feels a bit like engineering in some way it's like you're building something like for instance i really enjoyed playing sport in school and it felt similar it was just like full body coordination and you still feel emotions but you Can still I? have to like coordinate your body and execute some kind of actions in a little more analytical way so i think it was just a mix of that stuff that was appealing to me and do you remember the first time you played live in front of an audience um so it was quite late in life it was when i was 19 perhaps 18 or 19 years yeah. old that's when I started playing basically after school and uh, it was like a, a full-on gig that was my first live experience it was a proper show with a band like okay a yeah. fully professional environment already uh, I was playing with my parents a band with them so I guess that helped they were already tapped into the infrastructure so how did you feel about it it felt kind of normal because I'd been around it all my life like I'd been traveling with them since childhood. So it was very normal for me to be around the whole, the infrastructure. And I think when you're on stage, at least for me, it's quite a safe space. Yeah. Like there's not much pressure or anxiety for me. It just feels like a natural habitat. And I like performance. I like being on stage. So it was, it was yeah. just enjoyable. That's all I remember. Yeah. You mentioned that, you know, you've been traveling with your folks since you were a kid and you know, while they were on tours, didn't you ever happen to play an instrument or play with them before your college days? No, I, I didn't. I didn't have interest in playing music, actually. I enjoyed being around it, but I didn't think I would play music professionally or anything. I was trying to avoid it, actually. I was almost embarrassed about it. I guess I didn't want to do what my parents did. But then you realize that's something that comes naturally to you. Yeah, it was fun. Couldn't avoid it. But then what was it like growing up with parents in the music industry and touring with them at an early age and exposed to such a different environment while growing up? It was a lot of fun. That's the simple answer. It was a very positive experience. And also it just like gave me the feeling that I didn't have to do anything conventional in life. Uh, like I wouldn't have to seek out a conventional job and... I don't know, I just like somehow didn't get into that mindset yeah. that I could see a lot of my friends in school slowly beginning to get into as they grew out of childhood into adolescence. That mindset just comes into everybody. But for me, it was somehow 
kept away because I was in this very unconventional environment where it was about creativity and weird personalities and travel and making music together. So definitely it must have been a great space to grow up in because I am like I'm aware that like so many people still don't have the choice to follow the dreams or passion in such an unconventional career. Yeah, it was just a very lucky and fortunate experience to have growing up. Yeah, so like you mentioned that you know while you were on tours with your family you met a lot of interesting personalities and people did that have an influence on you to get into music today? For sure, meeting people has always been a big part of my experience yeah. in like this music life. Um in fact it's probably one of the main things that attracted me to the world of music just that it's it's quite quite a social uh okay. activity it can be and you end up meeting a lot of interesting and often unconventional people because it's kind of an unconventional field um at least it was like 10 years ago to be in music in india was quite different to what it's like now when it's kind of becoming another mainstream like 10 years ago it was just much smaller there was just much less people involved there was less of like an infrastructure less of an industry and i'm talking about non indian film music or like music not in any local language let's say anything which had english language lyrics or was not mainstream music that was going to end up in a film was just a tiny niche kind of scene so if you were in it it was unlikely that you were in it for profit because there wasn't that much going on from a commercial point of view so you were only in it because you were in love with making music correct so i think that's kind of how i got into the whole thing i got into it because music was interesting to me and everyone i knew who was doing music was doing it for the love of it like my parents for instance they've had many bands and it was rarely profitable it was always a struggle but they still stayed in it because they loved it so much so it's even for me my yeah. experience is only in the last few years has it been suddenly my my work is like sort of financially successful as well it's been quite a recent development and i think just the way uh like i think yeah. it's like there's social changes as well that have been important in that regard so like when we first released this music nishchay and i in 2013 without a label there was no i don't think yeah. there was really any streaming happening there was not much listenership we just put it out on soundcloud and barely anyone listened to it the audience in india was really small we didn't know how to promote the music so we just put it out and then we continued playing shows and like trying to spread the word through word of mouth um and then when we approached the record label in 2015 things had changed a lot like just in those two or three years the whole music scene had changed completely globally and in india because suddenly streaming was a huge thing yeah and also like the integration of music with social media became much more of a tightly knit system it was much easier to share music on your social media uh i guess instagram also started becoming bigger around that time so there were just a lot of really crucial changes that we were able to yeah capitalize on in a new way so even though the music was old we were able to approach it in a new way because all the technology had changed and also demographics like there were new people coming into the market i don't really want to use that word market but there were new people who were accessing our music who were like too young in 2013 they they weren't even aware that we existed yeah. and then suddenly in 2016 or so they were active music listeners So I think even demographics kind of helped us it was 
like lucky timing and fortunately the music still sounded kind of relevant it didn't sound dated in 3 years so when did you guys get your big break as park and saying um i think it's been a gradual progression i don't think there's been any one big break it's just been like a slow and steady build up i suppose uh, i mean there have been some turning okay. points like i think even the very first show we played felt yeah. like something different like it felt like some some extra magic was happening the way we were able to connect to the audience and we the way we felt the audience giving back their energy yeah. to us that felt special that was the first show we played and where was the show in bangalore at the nh7 festival in bangalore in 2012 so yeah that was like a very strong memory even now like i can still feel how that felt and then i guess putting out the first music video for i love you baby i love you doll yeah. and then that video doing really well and then the video after that also doing quite well so that momentum was quite evident to us um so those are like some of the the major moments i can think of but again it's just been like constant work and it's up and down like it's always up and down but overall it's been progress that's really great and like i believe you guys have formed an identity for yourself with the kind of music you all play so how did park and sing find their signature style of music i think a, a lot of it has to do with just nishchay um like the first time i heard him play a song just him singing uh with an acoustic guitar it already had all the same ingredients i think it's just his inherent quality as a singer songwriter and guitar player like the integration of those three elements within him is very strong and unique and coherent so it's just a case of supporting that with the other elements of like sound design or musicianship or whatever but i think he just has the source material that people can identify when they hear the music so basically his personal style of music that became the base for your signature style like as a duo yeah the core of the music is that yeah for sure because he had it the first time i heard him play or sing and that was before he'd even gone to music school many years ago like were there any times where you had to reinvent your style to adjust to someone else's requirements Yeah I mean we have to do it all the time actually because there's always other forces and constraints so for instance we're on a record label and they have uh, creative inputs as well yeah. and they have expectations and they they have the right to accept or reject songs or ask for changes so it's always a balancing act with the other forces that are at play um and then there's also like the audience you know you you receive feedback from the audience uh explicitly and also sometimes subtly sometimes they don't even know that they're giving you feedback but you can tell how they're responding to the music correct yeah so you'll know if if something is not really connecting even though you thought it was really cool it may not connect and so you have to adjust somehow and meet the audience midway yeah so it, it's just a constant process i can't really break it down into any kind of uh like identifiable steps but yeah it's just the way things are as an artist does that bother you all so it really depends like sometimes maybe a song is really close to your heart and that's good enough then you don't really mind if it's not successful or if not a lot of people like it that might be fine and then there may be a song that yeah. you've kind of just like crafted through songwriting and music craft and you're not really that personally connected to but uh, the audience really likes it so that's just that just goes with the territory Absolutely yeah absolutely also congratulations on your new music video down at the sky did you guys shoot that during lockdown no we shot it in 2018 really that's like 2 years ago yeah <laughs> but yeah it, it looks like a quarantine video somehow 
Yeah, it does. Like the whole vibe, I guess. But then what was the creative process like? What was the inspiration behind this video? Also, what made you release it right now, like after two years? This seems to be quite typical for us, actually. We make stuff and then we just sit on it for a couple of years and then we release it. I, I don't know why, but that's happened with both our albums. Like both our albums were released three years after we finished making them, more or less. And it's happened with a bunch of music videos. I think at the time... Okay, so let me talk about just the, the making of the video first. Yeah. Uh, we just wanted to... The song kind of doesn't have any explicit meaning. That's the way Nishchai wrote it. He just wrote it with like language. And then we put the song together with music. But it yeah. doesn't have any real meaning to it. So the video is just us playing the song in with the colors around us, like with the colors of our instruments, the colors of our clothes and the colors in the background, Yeah, which is just like the, the most basic form of the visual world for that album. It's just the color scheme, the color palette of the album. That's anyway seen with all your other music videos, like the color palette. But usually we try and we, I mean, we do try and create some narrative or some deeper layer of meaning. Yeah. But with this, we just wanted to cancel that. There's no meaning. It's just us playing the song and you see the colors and that's it. It's just like the visual world of the album. Yeah. So, and, and we wanted to make it as cheap as possible. I think it was also an experiment yeah. to do it on like zero budget almost, uh, just with a cinematographer. And that's it. There was no other crew. We got all, there's no props involved. It's just us, the clothes, the instruments and the backdrop and some light. And we shot it yeah. in Nishchai's building in like the conference room or something. Oh, it looks like it's been shot in a studio-like space. I think, yeah, once you light properly and shoot properly, yeah. you can convince the audience of anything. Yeah. And I think the reason it took a lot of time is because we were struggling with finding uh, somebody to do color correction. Um, and also like silly things like the fact that we were in Cal and sending the hard disk and finding someone in Bombay. All of this kind of stuff. And eventually we, we found somebody in Dubai, which is where Nishche lives now. Okay. And he did it. And then it was a little more hands-on and the feedback was easier to do. And I think we also just got caught up with other work in the meantime, which is why this video slipped under the radar for us. And then okay. seemed like a fun time to release it now. And I think it's just like you guys are playing music and enjoying it. And that's the whole point of the video at the end. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But otherwise... Your music videos have been quite like whimsical and visually pleasing. What is the creative process involved in the making of a music video? Like starting from coming up with an idea, inspiration, songwriting, producing it and finally executing and releasing it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, many steps over a very long period of time. And also different things happen at different times and not really in any kind of linear sequence. So we might be working on a demo for a song while simultaneously working on a video for something else Correct. while simultaneously brainstorming for something that we'll probably release one and a half years later. So it's, it's a bit disorganized in a sense. And again, I think it's just the, the excitement for the ideas that motivates what we're doing. So whatever is exciting for us and demanding our attention, that's what we put, put our focus into. And uh, generally speaking, the creative process is Nishchai begins each song with just his voice and acoustic guitar, generally. That's the song. Yeah. That's like the source material. And then we figure out together how to build on that and produce it into some kind of finished form. And sometimes there's no need to build further. Sometimes that demo idea is the finished form. 
so i think the song kind of tells us what it what we need to do with it um and then the same same goes for any kind of visual aspect to it any video or photograph or graphic design work we just like listen to the music think about it chat brainstorm use mood boards and then we we also collaborate with a lot of people especially on the visual side of things so they bring their own ideas yeah. into the mix and it's it's a very free form uh conversational open ended exploratory kind of approach okay yeah it makes sense uh, so there's one thing that i wanted to really ask you so you know like a lot of great music dies in bedrooms and jam rooms when does one realize that a particular song has the potential of making it big and you eventually end up finishing the project i don't think we ever think about whether it's going to make it big but if the idea is exciting and if working on the song is exciting then we follow through with it i think it's just a feeling it's just based on whether there's like passion for whatever the project is whether it's a song or a video whatever but we don't really think about how it's going to perform with the audience or the market we just try and do as good a job as we can and the stuff that gets abandoned is just stuff that we lose interest in it's not really got anything to do with whether we think it's going to be successful or not it's just the excitement that matters while making it i actually never thought of like that but now that you say it it definitely makes a lot of sense definitely yeah like i'm sure a lot of artists actually if they are passionate about a certain project they give their 100% and work towards it even if it's for free for that matter Anyway now coming back to this you know like you had mentioned that initially you and Nischay together had released an album you know without a label like the album was Ocean and then again you re-released it under a label Peace Frog that y'all got signed with so what are your thoughts on independent artist versus being signed with a label So when you sign with a record label you're basically you're making a business partnership with the label so business means uh there's resources that they'll bring to the table but they'll also have expectations and constraints so you just have to understand the nature of the business deal and every deal is different so i think the main difference is just understanding what what the contract is telling you and what the agreement is going to be what you're going to get out of it yeah. and what you need to give because it's give and take in business and if you are totally independent you don't have that business partner but you can make other partnerships like with a brand for instance so you can try and get support and resources from other individuals or companies um but either way there's forces that you need to balance as an artist there's your own like creative interests then there's obviously like the market yeah. what the market wants whether there's an audience for what you're doing how to get your content out to the audience all of those things So I would say the difference isn't as huge as people may think it is and especially now that labels are getting smaller uh, the music industry is just becoming different to how it used to be in the golden age when everyone was making a lot of money and all of that now everyone just needs to be flexible and efficient and inventive uh, so that's i mean as an artist that's basically what you need to be whether you're signed or you're not signed you need to be inventive flexible efficient and motivated yeah. somehow so that's what i would say i mean it hasn't really changed that much for us being on the label we still operate kind of in the same way only now there's like a new uh, okay. presence in the mix so someone probably is taking care of the business aspect of it not really i mean uh, even once you're signed you need to be 
aware of the business okay. aspect yourself i mean the artist does need to know how things are working even on the business side of things it's just that there's like new talent to work yeah. with from the label they bring their own expertise and resources correct so i mean like what would you advise someone who's just starting out you know is it better to be signed by a record label or start out independently i would say both approaches like explore both avenues together so figure out what you need to do to be secure as an independent artist but also look out for uh opportunities to collaborate with partners either a label or like i mentioned brands for instance there's just like a lot of different ways that you can get help from other people and other companies so you need to explore all avenues what you can do totally by yourself in isolation and also look around for help and see where you can get help and give something to get that help it's always like a like a some kind of mutually beneficial agreement so you need to explore all avenues uh, when you're starting out because we're still doing that we're still exploring all avenues even though we have this structure in place we're still looking for opportunities and trying to be flexible and invent a new way to do things yeah definitely like you have to keep on reinventing yourself with every project and keep at it also yeah like when you mention brands what do you mean by that you know what kind of brands should music artists collaborate with um like for instance just off the top of my head yeah. a company like red bull uh, in india i know from experience is very open to giving you funding in exchange for you perhaps making a video which they will then use in some okay. way so as a musician that can be really helpful and they do work with a lot of independent musicians in india so just like that look for companies that may want to give you either money or other resources in exchange for you making something that they can use in some way correct so it's just finding that common ground between people who have resources that you need and you giving them the art that you make great that is quite helpful also yeah like in 2020 how can indie artists produce music cost effectively um just look into like the bare minimum you need to uh create whatever it is you want to create and then put it online um and actually in 2020 that bare minimum is just a computer and some way to get your audio into the computer but it it's really it can be as frugal as it gets because really successful albums have been made using just one microphone and a computer and that's it and those albums have become massively successful so the equipment doesn't really matter it's just find the bare minimum find the essentials that you need that you can like put in a backpack and travel with and still make music make your music with and then putting it online is is free essentially anyone can put music up onto youtube or onto bandcamp or whatever so i think the cost of entry is quite low yeah um and just like don't get hung up on the cool expensive gear or necessarily having your music on like spotify for instance because that costs money so i'd say just like don't stress yourself out at the beginning with trying to do what everyone is doing and what is like industry standard just figure out like the cheapest and most stress free way to make your stuff and put it online and then share it with people organically at first and i mean constantly we all do it just like educate yourself on how to get better at doing it so educate yourself on the music the craft of music and also like all on the production on mixing just like learn as much about the entire process as you can because that helps i do this with my podcast as well you know like i know a lot of people who actually go to external producers for help like they have 
right. podcast producers who or like sound mixers yeah. who help them out. But then this is something I've done it all by myself, like learned it. And then, you know, I try to educate myself, try to be aware of what's happening and improve with each and every episode, like which is super important, I feel. Plus, I do this at home with the help of just my laptop and a mic. We're still making music at home. There you go. Exactly. You understand. And, you know, like you've been in this industry for really long. So have you faced any major challenges? Yeah. I mean, there have been constant challenges, actually, behind the scenes. Uh, in fact, even now, we're in the midst of yeah. challenges, even now. Uh, I can't really talk about most of it because it's all like legally uh, supposed to be under the radar for various reasons. But yeah, there's always challenges because you're dealing with so many yeah. other people and other forces and other components in the industry. It's not just you and your audience. Or even if it's just you and your audience, that's already a lot to deal with because the audience you don't know what the audience is going to like you don't know if you're going to if people are going to buy tickets to your shows you don't know if anyone's going to listen to your music and we've had those 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 uh, difficulties as well over the course of our career as a band there have been times when nobody's like we've played to five people in a club and we've played to like rowdy audiences who have been talking louder than the band and we've had people not pay us for for shows or for things we've done we've had people disappear after signing contracts uh constant things so how did you deal with situations like this a combination of things uh one is i think you've got to somehow uh find some like internal support which is not related to how things are going with your work like you've got to find some kind of security or yeah. sense of feeling grounded or reassured regardless of what's happening in the outside world so for for us it's been stuff like therapy meditation uh just like talking to each other and talking yeah. to friends and family helpful conversations uh reading so like everything that just helps you relax and feel a little more stable um and then Correct, yeah. you can deal with the ups and downs like even the ups we don't want to feel too hyped if things go well you know what i mean we want to be a little detached from everything so i guess yeah. we want to be detached both from the good and the bad of our career because then you can deal with it with a clear mind and just be like a little more strategic and tactical and not be emotional and impulsive because i think it's not always helpful to be emotional when dealing with the challenges that are going to come up in your career and then also just like educating ourselves on various things like on on how contracts work i think i'd mentioned that earlier knowing how to read a contract really knowing yeah, what did, yeah. the contract is telling you what you, what is expected of you and what you're also going to get out of it uh so simple things like that but was there any point you realized you wanted to quit music yeah there have been demoralizing and depressing and disappointing phases for sure a few different times and to overcome it just take time off i think that's that's what's worked for both nishchay and me just taking a break sometimes from all the music work for like a month or two and then when you take a break at least in our experience the the love comes back after some time you just miss it so you go back to it don't worry you guys have been creating some really great music also tell me what's next in store for the duo are you guys working on something currently yeah i mean we're working on new music lots of new music for various things i can't really say what it's going to become because we work with a label so i don't know how things are going to shape up but we're working on music we're working on videos we're working on our craft individually also um yeah that's about it 
That's great and can't wait to see what you guys have in store for us. And let's move on to the next segment. So now it is time for the All Things Candid Hack 101 segment where I ask my guests to enlighten us with a particular industry hack, tips or tricks that they have learned over the years. How can one achieve financial security in the music business? Very tricky question. I can share something that's helped me personally, which is just to feel uh, financially secure, a little more like stable anyway, regardless of what's happening in your work, is to just do your own accounts and take care doing your own accounts and like make the accounts uh, nicely organized and neat. Like really think about the presentation of the accounts, make it like something you want to look at. Make your account something you actually want to look at and work on rather than something you're afraid of or anxious about or you don't really want to look at until it's crunch time and you have to look at it. So I think that's something that's helped me. Just like uh, change the feeling about accounts in general and make it something that you can actually enjoy and take a little bit of pleasure in. I know that sounds weird, but yeah. it's possible. Just like make it something that uh, like it's, it can almost be a creatively satisfying thing to do account. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but it is true because I have experienced it and that helps. It just makes you feel a little bit better about finances in general. It's like less of a fearful, scary topic. That's a really nice advice and quite helpful. So thank you so much. And this brings us to the end of this episode. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope Jivraj was able to clarify some of your music related queries. Definitely go check out their music. Their Instagram handle is Parik and Sing at the rate P-A-R-E-K-H-A-N-D-S-I-N-G-H. You'll get all the details of where to find the music and everything on their profile. So yeah, have a great week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in the All Things Candid podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview. If you did, then please leave a nice rating and review. Subscribe if you haven't already. You can find me on Instagram at Pajarini Ghosh. Hope you guys have the best day ever.